This is the Rappaport Diamond Podcast, and now your host, Avi Kravitz. This podcast is brought to you by De Beers Group Ignite, pioneering a new diamond world through groundbreaking innovation, science, and technology. Inspired by the world's unrelenting change, De Beers Ignite is driven to develop creative solutions for the diamond industry, not only for existing challenges, but also for those it may never have faced before, helping you to achieve growth with efficient and accurate technologies throughout the diamond pipeline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rapport Diamond podcast. I'm Avi Kravitz, and today we have two guests with us with one common goal in their role, and that is to advance technology development at De Beers and arguably also across the industry. So I'd like to welcome Sarandos Gavilas, who is the head of incubation at De Beers Group Ignite, and also Gordon Taylor, the head of commercial technology at the company. Welcome, gentlemen. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you, Avi. Yeah, thanks, Avi. It's great to be here. Thanks so much. Thanks for joining us. And um, Sarandos, I think let's let's start with you because um, it seems that the process would maybe start with you as as we move from sort of research and development at De Beers to commercialization, which um, is uh, Gordon's uh, role at the company. Just on a general level, you know, how, how do you approach the, the R&D strategy at the beers? What is the underlying philosophy that's driving your day-to-day sort of activity at the company? Thanks, Avi. That's a, that's a great question. It's, I, think the, I think the first way to answer that is, is, to, um, is to emphasize that it's an, emerging, uh, it's an emerging strategy, and it's a strategy that we've reviewed and looked at over the last two years um, to bring it far closer to being responsive to the company's needs and the industry's needs um, and very much in sort of a 21st century um, approach. And what do I mean by that? It's We were in a situation a while back where things were a little bit fragmented. The way we thought about research and the way we looked at uh, our product development and how those uh, linked up to commercialization and how they linked up to what the strategic needs of the company and the diamond industry might be, those pieces were reasonably fragmented. Over the past two years, we've brought them all together so that there's a seamless process between, firstly, our, our extremely advanced and, and deep knowledge of the diamond industry in our research um, in our research space, which we've looked at in terms of three key areas. One is our understanding of diamonds, physics, and the physics aspects of understanding diamonds, things like optics, uh, our understanding of how to how to screen and differentiate uh, natural diamonds from treated or, or synthetic stones. Uh, secondly, our, our understanding of how to transfer that into our optical instruments, um, how to transfer that into technology um, that can be used either in our sorting or our diamond differentiating processes. And thirdly, um, uh, the, the work that we do in our consumer confidence space, um, bringing that together into, into a joined up integrated research department that then fits nice and se- nicely and seamlessly with our technology development uh, uh, capability. So taking our deep knowledge and transferring that into a far more strategically focused technology development piece that then also links up to our business model uh, incubation capability and looks at how can we think about turning our technology not just as, a, as an enabler to, to De Beers's capabilities, but also looking at new business models within the industry. So from a strategic perspective, it was all about integration, but then also bringing in those agile processes that are a lot more 
responsive to the world, responsive to customers, both to business customers and the industry customers, and giving us a far quicker approach to market and a far quicker way of getting the right technologies and business models out. But you mentioned that it was um, sort of more fragmented in the past, and, and that was my impression always of the industry approach, I think. that um, so, And I think we have seen this some um, realization across the industry that um, there needs to be a more sort of strategic view of how we approach technology, how we approach innovation. So, Gordon, are you involved in that conversation from the beginning? You know, looking at the R&D and, and seeing if it's a viable um, idea, if it can be commercialized and, you know, making that decision whether to continue um, or pursue that R&D sort of uh, seed idea. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah, of course. I mean, from commercialization, I mean, that doesn't, that's not the, the end of the process. The commercialization aspects start right at the beginning. I mean, you've, you've got to consider even right down to details of the design, how you're going to manufacture the piece, particular piece of equipment, how you're going to support it, areas where Leandi has been helping in terms of how you market the product. So the involvement of the, the commercialization and the, the manufacturer and the support team extends right to the start of the, the R&D process. Mm. I mean, you, you, you mentioned um, equipment, but it's, it's more than equipment. It's, uh, it's about business processes and, and sort of bringing efficiency into into your processes. Is that correct? It's using technology to also bring better equipment, but to improve those processes, right? All through the history of, of De Beers and especially the, the technology side of things, we've been looking to improve the diamond recovery processes, the detection processes, and specifically the, the area that I control now. We've got a lot of insight into what the diamond industry is doing. We are up there. We are the frontline support. We are the people that go that talk to the the teams at the various De Beers operations and other diamond industries. So we've got a lot of information that we can bring back about where efficiencies can be can be sought, what types of problems are being faced, and we bring that into the mix when we are deciding with Randos and his team what the overall product mix will be for the for the future. Sorry, and if I may add to that, being where we are now in in 2022, obviously. A huge subject is connectivity uh, and the generation of data and the use of data. So, of course, not only from a structure and strategic point of view are we focusing on integration, but it's to your point, Avi, that, that you made so well, it's not just about equipment. It's about how do we think about connecting our processes? How do we then think about connecting systems and subsystems instead of just individual pieces of equipment? And then how do we use that connectivity and the data and the information and the insight that comes out of that from a system and a value chain perspective to understand how we can create better business models and better serve our customers and create new experiences and uh, new opportunities for our customers in the industry. So it goes, I think, if I can, if I can say, it goes even beyond just process efficiency and, and good process, but beyond into how can we lead, how can we lead the way in a, in a sort of a new digital world um, within the diamond industry. Well, it's, it seems that um, th there's this um, sort of drive towards efficiency within the industry. It's, it, in my opinion, it's long overdue, but it also seems to be um, coming from the mining sector, not only De Beers, um, others as well. But the industry has this um, maybe negative perception of efficiency. I guess it means change. Um, people are afraid of change. People... Um, are concerned about jobs in the you know in the industry, and so um, is it about getting product to um, to market quicker? In my opinion, I think there's also 
an aspect of there's less rough coming out of the ground and the industry needs to learn how to manage with less. And so bringing it, uh, improving those processes are, um, would help that. Is that one of the driving factors? And what would you say to the rest of the pipeline that might have some fear of these changes that are taking place? Let's go with, with Gordon for, the, for that one. I think technological change has historically been a little bit scary for the people who are going to be experiencing the change. But I think if you look at history and, and the introduction of many, many different technologies in the past, for as many jobs that they have maybe taken over, they've created, say, 10 times more moving into the future. So I think about the technology transfer aspect, irrespective of what the technology is, the communication of it, the engagement with the people, engagement with the, with the industry, explaining where the benefits will come from. And, and doing that early enough really uh, enhances how well that technology is uptake. Is the industry on board? You know, Sarandos, do you find that there's some resistance to um, these technological advancements and efficiencies that, from your point of view, you're trying to bring? I think sometimes um, we, have a, we, we tend to have a one-dimensional view of, of technological efficiency and, and driving towards efficiency. And I think it's, you know, people immediately think uh, automation, robotics, and, uh, and reducing the human factor. And, and, and I mean, it really is not about that. It's about connecting and enabling the different parts of the value chain to actually enrich the data that's coming out, the information and the insight. Now, what does that mean? That sounds relatively high level, but it's how do we enable operators on the ground to do their jobs better and more efficiently and, to, and, and, and with far more insight? How do we enable our midstream and our value chain to provide better services, richer data to our customers, and, and in fact, create more opportunities for our customers to be able to, um, to grow and create their own efficiencies and effects? Equally, um, within, within the downstream and the polished space, how does our technology provide the data, the confidence, and again, the insight that will help our customers and the polished industry to A, be confident and B, to pursue other opportunities? So I think from that perspective, there certainly is a lot of interest and a lot of uptake in both the business model and the technology um, breakthroughs that, that we tend, and, and the technology development that we tend to do. So our view, and, and again, coming back to the connectivity, is certainly not a one-dimensional view of just trying to drive short-term efficiencies. It's more about growing the ability of the industry to function in a better way. You talk a lot about data, and you know it's no secret that uh, across all industries, data is king. But can you maybe give us an example of how you would use data to understand and improve your, your processes um, more? And, you know, is it bottom up? Is it, um, is it a sharing of data, you know, with, uh, from polished sector, from the retail sector as well? You know, we know De Beers has various aspects of its business and across the pipeline. So for the layman, it's kind of a general term. Can you give us a practical example of how De Beers is using data to um, drive its program? Absolutely. Uh, Gordon, if I may. Um, so I'll give a very practical example. Um, uh, one of one of the one of the things we're, we're we're driving towards in our sorting equipment in our, in the midstream is to connect not only the systems on a horizontal level, connecting the machines and the equipment to each other, but also connecting them to a central cloud-based uh, database. And what this allows us to do in the first instance is a monitor that equipment and uh, free up the operators on the ground to be able to do on-site maintenance. Um, without having to wait for technicians to fly in from the UK to either 
maintain or, or fix or repair piece of equipment, but allows for much greater um, off-site monitoring, some remote maintenance, etc. So it, it really frees up the operators on the ground to be able to do the work that they that they are supposed to be doing and the work that they enjoy doing, and that is uh, sorting and producing our diamond assortment. That being in place, it also then allows us to be able to start monitoring the process outcomes um, that that equipment uh, delivers. So uh, whether it's throughput or whether it's efficiency or the availability or the utilization of that equipment, which then allows us to uh, streamline some of the, some of the operational uh, effectiveness and efficiency measures on the ground. So really it's about being able to link not only systems to each other, but systems to a central space, which then gives us a much richer view of A, how the equipment is performing, but also B, how the processes are performing, which then creates a feedback loop to those supervisors and operators and allows them to, to implement process improvement projects or initiatives that will allow for greater effectiveness and efficiency. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Of course, the ultimate goal is then to use that data to provide a better product and to be more responsive to customers. But of course, that then goes into a much wider Gordon, as, as you are further up the, the value chain, I, I would imagine that you're closer to the customer. How are you using data from the retail sector, from the, from the manufacturing sector to, to feed into your technology programs? That's a good question, but I'd, I'd like to hark back to the question that you asked Sarandos a oh. little bit earlier and, and, then, and then maybe give you, you said some practical examples. What uh, Sarandos was talking about was... Uh, was the mechanism by which the data gets uh, transferred to the cloud and then gets utilized. But I'd like to talk about a couple of the, the, the specific technologies that produce that data and how that can really change the operations specifically in, in the mining space. So we have one of, uh, we've over the years developed a, a particular range of sorting machine technologies that is based on X-ray transmissions, quite well known within the industry. Although uh, it is a, it's a very good sorting technique and identifies diamonds from the kimberlite and or the alluvial gravels very well, but what it also does, it, it has the capability to give extra information about the diamonds that wasn't previously available in sorting machines. So from this type of instrument, you can get uh, sort of like early indications of the, the size, frequency, distribution of the diamonds that you are producing and the, and the ore. And by using this, then you can optimize your upstream processes in an almost real-time manner. Uh, so that's a, that, that's a very practical example of, of how data that's produced by the technology that we manufacture and deploy can actually make a real change in a mining operation. If my comment on that yeah. just um, for a second, because you know, it was always um, a concern that the market needs a certain amount of SI, carity diamonds, or whatever it is, um, certain sizes but you can't control what's coming out of the ground. And it seems that to some extent, what you're alluding to has given us a bit more control of what, what we can process out of the ground. Or am I misunderstanding? I, I'd be a little bit nervous about saying some more control. Mm -hmm. What's in the ground is what's in the ground. But what it definitely <laughs> does give us is, is an awful lot earlier indication of what will be coming down the pipeline. And thereby, we'd be in a better position to respond to it. So it's really that, right. that early data gives us a, a, a much better range of operational choices. Okay. And then, sorry, I, missed, uh, I interrupted you earlier. No, no, that's okay. And then, then the other piece of technology that we've been working very hard on, on, the, on the last few years is, is a piece of technology which we're going to brand it the Rovol. And what this is is, a, is a, an automatic density 
analysis piece of equipment. And that's been, this is, this is going to be, I, I will really truly believe this is going to be fundamental in changing the way how the density separation, which is quite a ubiquitous process on a lot of, uh, in a lot of mining industries, not just necessarily diamonds, will be controlled into the future. Previously, monitoring how a density separation process uh, was operating was a fairly manual business. You had to take samples, you had to then screen the samples. Sometimes you had an on-site lab. Many times you had to send it away for analysis. We'd go, come back. You would get the results maybe days, maybe sometimes weeks later. And this was obviously impractical for real-time control. So what we worked on using the, the optics and the, the, the physics, the electronic and the software knowledge that we've now got combined into Beers Group Ignite is to devise this piece of equipment that automatically measures the density of a sample. So now you've got this ability to take a, to very quickly take a sample and without sending it off to, uh, to laboratories, put it into this device and then get a nearly real-time indication of what, how your density process is operating. And this, is, this, this, uh, this, again, is going to be crucial in giving an early indication of where the efficiencies in your dense media separation process might be going awry and be then in a much better position to respond to it and keep your processes operating optimally. So that's, that's two examples I could give a lot of where the instrumentation and the technology that we've provided provides real data that makes a real difference at the operations. Just for our um, maybe retail listeners or, um, mm-hmm. or, or people further up, this, can you just explain what density separation is and what, what, where in the process it's used that this piece of equipment is, um, is going to be used? Yeah, the density separation process, it effectively, diamonds are relatively dense compared to some of the other kimberlite materials. So it's a very straightforward process where you effectively sink the diamonds in a heavy liquid and float off some of the lighter material. And it's, 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 quite, it's a bulk reduction process. So it, it, depending on the type of ore that, you are, uh, that you're processing, you can remove, say, between anywhere between 90 to 95% of the unwanted material. So it's, quite a, it's, a, it's a very key process in that whole diamond recovery chain. We had a um, press release that we got from El Rosa um, that they've been working on um, on improving their systems, and they said that they over the last three years they've cut they've managed to shave fifteen to twenty five days off um, the the time between processing and bringing the goods to um, to their sales. And so, when you talk about a a piece of equipment like that, I'm I'm wondering how much time does it cut off the process, and what is the optimal time? Um, have you had a similar sort of improvement in the time to time to market from process to market that the beers is um, has in its processes? Avi, I think the two pieces of equipment that are that are that I mentioned to you are really uh, we're really focused on the, the mining operations. I think where the where the beers is expending an awful lot of uh, um, intellectual energy and uh, is to look at how we can how we can shorten the processes and. From leaving the mining operation to actually being in, in the retail, I think that would be a really great question. It's probably a subject for a different podcast. There, um, it's a little bit outside. Okay, is that is that not something that ignite that ignite um, would be tackling? It's it's more on the on the technology side that you you guys are involved in, Sarandos. Certainly, one of the one of the strategic drivers for any company will be to will be to shorten the pipeline between production and and sale. So. Absolutely, the way with the way we think of our processes and systems, and how technology fits into that, and potentially new commercial models fits into that. One of the key drivers will inevitably be to um, to, to make sure that that pipeline is as optimal as as possible. I think 
it's not one single piece of technology that that will make that difference. It's the way we think about the system, and and it brings me back to why the you know why it's so important that we integrate the way we think, the way we bring all our skills and knowledge and capabilities together, and link them to what the to our company's operations and strategy is. We are certainly not focusing on individual pieces of technology and what they can do, but how the system works together to deliver what it needs. So shortening the pipeline certainly is one of those aspects, um, but that has to link up to operations and sales and you know a, a whole bunch of other pieces. But again, it's about connectivity, uh, system view, and how that overall provides a better product and, again, more opportunities for our customers and, and beyond. Mm-hmm. Gordon, one of the... Um Big themes that we are that's um, sort of prevalent in the industry and and certainly at De Beers over the last year or two or three has been that of of sustainability and at De Beers it's, you know building forever and that seems to seep through the company and hopefully the industry as well. To what extent is um, that sustainability theme and strategy and uh, driving your work, you know, at the Beers Group Ignite, how much is um, sustainability central to your operations and how does it affect your thinking? The sustainability drive, and you're quite right about the building forever and our, our carbon neutral by 2030 goal, I think it, it, it permeates all aspects of, of, of the, the business operation, right from really straightforward examples about the types of light bulbs that are used, for example, right up to sort of like very big projects um, such as the Carbon Vault project that we are helping to, to advance. Uh, talk a little bit about the Carbon Vault if you want, Avi. Please do, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Carbon Vault. It, Carbon Vault project, it's, uh, it's a, a number of areas in De Beers are, are, are investigating this. We've provided some technical assistance in the past and really what it's looking at is to take advantage of the very unique chemistry of the Kimberlite material and its ability to absorb carbon dioxide from the, the atmosphere. So what you have then is the potential for all the kimberlite dumps and any future kimberlite that's mined to be put to an additional use uh, by enhancing its ability to absorb carbon dioxide from the air. So that's a, it's a very big project from a viewer's perspective, and it's got a, a whole load of potential. Hmm. It has the potential to be a game changer in terms of the, the industry's drive towards um, carbon neutrality. You know, Saranda, and from your point of view, is um, when you're looking at R&D, does that sustainability and, and you know, beyond the, the carbon neutral, um, the, the drive towards carbon neutrality, you know, we know that uh, part of the Beers Ignite is the Tracer program and there's Gem Fair that's all under your umbrella. So, so there are, you know, beyond the technology, there are these sort of greater themed or philosophical goals that uh, <laughs> the company is involved in. So how is sustainability affecting your work in terms of R&D? Absolutely. Or are there projects that you're working with that goal in mind? I mean, I think uh, to Gordon's point, sustainability uh, underpins almost everything we do and and all the way to the beginning of of um, of our sort of ideation and objective setting funnel. So yes, obviously there are individual sustainability projects, but it is an ongoing theme in pretty much everything we do and pretty much everything we look at. So from, uh, you know, it, it, working from the, as you said, the building forever philosophy, De Beers is all about creating those unique and beautiful stories. And a key part of those stories 
is our sustainability and the good we do both within our industry and, and in the world. Some examples we're certainly looking and exploring. So if, if we look at some of our early idea exploration, we're exploring the circular economy. We're exploring how we can better understand the difference we can make in the digital space. For example, we're exploring areas like NFTs and the metaverse, still very early exploration and how we can, how we can engage and change our clients' experience in, in that world and, and how that relates to the sustainability of the physical world, how that relates to circularity and the circular economy, and how that translates into not just the technology that we produce, but also the business models that we bring into, into the world in the future. So I know there was quite a broad answer, but I, I wanted to demonstrate that it, it was a broad question. <laughs> yeah, you could say it's in the back of our minds in pretty much everything we do right. um, and every idea that we think about and every way that we think about right down to our screening equipment. How does our screening equipment support, you know, the circular parts of our industry? How does, how does our sorting equipment ensure that we're supporting sustainability both in the midstream space as well as, uh, as, well as beyond that? And of course, as Gordon mentioned, in, in our mining space, there are there, there are huge opportunities for, for continuing the great work that we do in, in the sustainability and environmental space. Right. So it's certainly going to be a theme that, that strengthens. Um, Gordon? I, mean, I just wanted to add, I mean, obviously, like talking about the, the technology development and which projects that we tackle, but also how we go about designing that type of equipment. Mm. It's, it's all about the efficiency of the process. And if we can make the process more efficient, then we are using less energy to produce the same output. And so that theme of the sustainability theme permeates right down to the details of the design of the actual equipment as well. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So, Anders, you mentioned the metaverse, and I, I, I was wondering if I should bring it up with two of you, because it's such a new concept and, uh, and difficult one to understand. I'm starting to get the hang of things of this, uh, although I'm, I'm a bit of a lagger when it comes to these um, sort of conceptual <laughs> <laughs> ideas. But um, what is your view of the metaverse? And, um, you know, when you look at things like NFTs, is, is that something that the industry can embrace? Um, is the De Beers, you know, obviously you, you mentioned it, so, so De Beers is obviously looking at it. Um, and how should we approach this new um, virtual world? And, and how can diamonds um, fit into that? Avi, I think the short answer there is I don't know. <laughs> Mainly, <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, a very, it's a very new area um, and it's a very new space. Uh, and as I said, we're still at the very early stages, like many other companies, of, of exploring what potential might be in that space. As I said, De Beers is all about those unique and beautiful stories. So we are, I think, at an early stage of exploring how NFTs and the metaverse really can enhance both our current client experience, but also engage new clients or new customer bases uh, in the world. Do we have any answers at this stage? Not, not at this point. We are in the early stages of exploration. What I can say is it does look like a, a space that's worth exploring and worth looking at simply to, to have a better of understanding of if and how, um, you know, diamonds in the diamond world might fit into. It's definitely one of those watch the space um, yeah. things. Um, and, and I think everyone's um, start, you know, trying to understand that question. So I appreciate your candidness on, <laughs> in, your, in your answer. Um, so I think let, let, let's maybe um, end off on a sort of positive end. Um, I want to ask you both, what's exciting you in terms of 
technological developments at the beers or, or within the industry? What some or, or what projects are, are really sort of um, getting up in the morning and um, and and looking forward to bringing to the markets? Um, let's start with uh, with you, Gordon. I think it's looking at uh, it's looking at to, and I'm being I'm being a little bit main and centric here. So I'm, I'm going to think about how we how we advance the De Beers strategy of a step change in, in mining and a step change in exploration. So I, I think what's exciting me is the opportunity to really reimagine how we do all of our process and plants, how we reimagine how we do mining, especially in the light of mm, limited potential for large deposits again and probably more remote and smaller deposits that uh, require a completely different mindset in terms of how we exploit mm. them. So I'm really looking forward to us cooperating with our mining partners, with all the, the group operations to, treat, to try and revamp how we think about uh, uh, processing plants. So that's one of the areas that I think has got a, a huge potential to accelerate the step change in mining. And then some of the, the newer techniques that we're looking at, again, to bring our information about the exploration activities further up the pipeline so that uh, we can take advantage of any opportunities faster than, than previously mm-hmm. from an exploration perspective. So really those two, uh, two ideas. I think uh, a lot of people will be, be happy to hear that, as I think the production levels you know, it's a, is an area of concern for people. You know, will there be enough production to satisfy the growing demand that we've seen certainly this year, but um, I think moving ahead, I think many people will be, be watching this, um, this space um, from De Beers' um, from a technological point of view, it's great to hear that there there is that some um, sort of strategy or, or program to tackle that challenge. Mm. Sarandas, what about you? I think for me, it's two things that get me very excited. Um, one is in the polished space. Um, I think we we have some projects that are really exciting. Um, some of our next generation screening equipment is really exciting, and I think we're going to have some very positive effects for the industry. Some of the spaces that we're looking at in the polished industry around our grading equipment and, and, and our ability to support our IOD labs in, in grading and, and inscription uh, and taking that into the next generation as well as potentially, watch the space, maybe some other, other technologies that might be interested, interesting in the, in the polished space. So that really excites me. I think we've got some good things in the pipeline and some, some really good ideas and really good ways that we're linking to that industry. Um, and most importantly, supporting our brand and supporting the story and the stories around De Beers in the Polish space. So that gets me very excited. Um, and the second thing that gets me even more excited is the work that we're doing in, in our traceability space and, and our ability to, to understand the life of a diamond all the way through um, and, and how that affects the way the industry will be working and the, the, both the technology and the business models that we're putting in around that to give us more and more and more understanding of our, of our diamonds, how they do good in the world, and being able to scan, track, and share those stories with the world. So those, I think, are the two big themes that get me up in the morning. Well, it's, uh, again, great to hear because, you know, from our point of view, it's, uh, the industry is about those stories. And um, sometimes we, uh, our perception of technology is that it's some um, kind of a technical aspect of things but it's about linking that technology and using it to to tell those stories which i, I agree is um, a really exciting space for and uh, as the storytelling evolves it's a new experience for the industry which is a, a lot of fun as a journalist to watch from the sidelines uh, and participate as well in um, as we tell our stories so 
Um, Sarandos Gordon, thanks so much for uh, a really interesting discussion. I enjoyed um, our chat and uh, I look forward to, to seeing those developments as they, as they take shape. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Avi. It was great being on. Yep. Thank you very much, Avi. Pleasure. Thank you. And um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Ignite, a full-service innovation, science, and technology division within the De Beers Group, spearheading step change throughout the diamond industry.